But if you have your Bibles, I'd like to turn your attention to the book of Luke. And this message here today is dedicated to anyone. Uh, you see, I was, uh, I was planning to preach another message at 5 o'clock this morning. I felt the Lord nudged me and uh, changed my direction. And uh, this message is ain't for anyone that is feeling a little defeated today, that is feeling a little uh, uh, beaten by the cares of this life, that feels like uh, uh, they're losing their purpose and, their, and, their, and, the, and the vision in their life. If you're here today that you've been beaten by the world, this message is dedicated to you. Luke chapter 22 and we will go through verse 54. It is a little lengthy uh, portion, but we will get through it. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22 and verse 54, Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. Uh, and Peter followed afar off. Verse 55, And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. And you know the scene that is happening. They're about to crucify Jesus and Peter's following them. Verse 56, But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I'm not. And about the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And the Bible says, And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Peter went out and wept bitterly. If you would turn also to 1 John chapter 1, and I would like to read one portion of scripture from there. John chapter, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful and just to forgive us, but not only that, but he can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For just a moment here today, I would like to title this message, Your Failures, Your Failures Are Not Final. Your Failures Are Not Final. 
would you put your Bibles down and your devices down? And would you pray with me? God is already ministering here. I don't want to just preach another message, but I would like to minister to you here today. So would you pray that God will speak to us here today? Would you lift your hands and your voices towards God? And would you ask him to be with us? Jesus, we thank you for what we feel in this place. Oh God, for we feel your sweet presence among us. We thank you for touching us. We thank you for, for, for faith that is present in this house. I pray God that there will be strength, that there will be strength in this house, that there will be victory and faith before we walk out these doors, oh Lord. I pray for the soul that has come feeling defeated here today. I feel for the soul, oh God, and I pray for the soul that feels that they're at the end of the road for their life, oh God. I pray that you will bring victory and faith in their lives here today. I pray, Lord, that you'll touch my mind and my lips of clay to speak as an oracle of God. Give me clarity of mind, O oh God, and simplicity of speech here today and cause our hearts to be open to hear what thus saith the Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we say amen. Would you clap your hands once again and would you give God some praise? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for standing so long. You may be seated. You see, if the enemy could, if the enemy could, he will try to make everyone here today to feel like you're the only one that is going through the situation that you're going through. That you are the only one that has this difficulty and that, that you are a hopeless case. That you are incapable of living a victorious life like everyone around you that you feel like is living a victorious life. That you are of all the people that are around here uh, if he could he wants to make us feel like uh, that we are a hopeless case uh, and that we cannot live a victorious life uh, so uh, therefore we become uh, and we think uh, that we cannot give anything to the kingdom of God uh, he wants us to stay uh, in that kind of mentality and that kind of situation uh, and we feel like uh, because of my failures because of my shortcomings uh, I cannot do anything uh, in the kingdom of God. I, I cannot fulfill the purpose. I cannot fulfill the plan that God has for me. And we sit in that kind of mode and we do nothing for God and God's kingdom. But I'm here today. I can tell you that we all are desperate in need of the touch of God in our life. There is not one that is sitting here that doesn't need a touch of God in their life. You see, hear me friends, the most spiritual one among us. <laughs> The one, the most spiritual one among us here today, if we lay aside our prayer life, if we lay aside the word of God, if we lay aside the things of God and our commitment to the, the things of God, if we lay all that aside and we try to coast in our own way and we try to coast in our own strength, let me tell you that we will within a very short time fail very miserably very miserably because all of us are in desperate 
need of God. We are in desperate need of God. For the Bible says, for all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. So there's no one up high here and you down there. God sees us all. We are all in desperate need. We have all come short of the glory of God. But we are thankful for the grace and mercy of God here today. If it wasn't for the grace and the mercy of God, I would not be here. You would not be here. If it wasn't for God extending his mercy on us on a daily basis, we would not be sitting here oh the grace of God oh the mercy of God aren't you thankful for the grace of God I'm thankful for the grace of God praise God for his grace and his mercy that endures forever he says his mercies are new every morning his mercies are like a a brand new fresh piece of paper the, the clean sheet of paper that he gives us on a daily basis and he says here go ahead and write your story and then you make a mess and you scribble on this piece of paper and God says the next morning I'm giving you another fresh piece of paper to write your story you can write your story on a daily basis with the God that we serve he is a second chance God he is a third chance he is a fourth chance God it's because of his grace and mercy that any of us are here today If we look back at our text, there is an account that we just read in the book of Luke 22. You see, there is no account in human history that depicts a human failure any greater than what we just read in Luke. It was failure of incomprehensible proportion. It was both tragic and it was to a level that is ununderstood. And the failure was that of the apostle Peter, the night that Jesus was arrested. And you have to understand the setting during this time. By this time, the Romans had already beaten Jesus at a pole. They had already spat on him. They had already blindfolded him and they had hit him with sticks and demanded that they he tell them who had cast the heavy blow. They had mocked him. They had railed on him, the Bible says. And this was a setting on the last night before they would crucify him and eventually they will put a crown of thorns on his head and they would crucify him and if Peter's denial of ever knowing Jesus was not enough in the account of Mark Mark accounts he tells us that Peter cussed and swore that he did not know Jesus and the Bible tells us the reaction of Jesus It describes us the reaction of Jesus. And it says that he turned and he looked at Peter. 
And no doubt, in my mind, I can see it would have been with the eyes full of compassion and mercy and love. And as Jesus looked in the eyes of Peter, the Bible says he broke. It breaks him. And the Bible says that he ran out and he wept bitterly in sorrow. He realized what he had done. That he had denied his savior. He had denied his master. Hear me somebody. I will have to. I will have a hard time here today. Believing that there is someone here today. That is without regret. For the things you have said. And the things you have done. In your life. It was in, in, encouraging to see. Trauma reboot and, and the promotion for it. We all have regrets. The fact is that every one of us here have regrets. Let's settle that matter, right? <laughs> there was no one better than the other. We all have regrets. And as Christians, we are not exempt from this and neither is the ministry. You correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> None of us, none of us, none of us as humans are exempt from regrets and failures. And regardless of our age and how long you have served God, it does not matter. There surely has been a time when we feel like we have let him down. We have let him down miserably. It was a certain word spoken. It was a certain sin committed. It was failure of royal proportion. And every time, and some of you are going back to those moments right now in your mind and every time you think about it it is with heartache and it is with regret that you visit those places if only if you feel like that today if you feel like a failure today I'm here by the Holy Ghost to give you the good news I'm here today to bring good news to your hearing today you see hear me my friend you are in the right place and you've come to the right place and the right church. You've come to the right God because you are closer to God than one here today that will hide their failure. You don't have to hide that because God knows exactly where you're at and God knows exactly what you've gone through. And John tells us in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. Everyone say faithful. He is faithful. He he is faithful and not just faithful, he's faithful and just to forgive us. The first step to salvation is repentance. It's confessing that I have wrong. And as you take that step, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive, forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. My plea to you here today is please don't ever give up. Don't ever 
give up. In fact, never give up. We serve a God that is in the restoration business. Hear me, somebody. We serve a God that is in the restoration business. I don't care. I don't care what anyone has told you. My God is in the restoration business. My God is in the restoration business. The devil is that has come to destroy. He's come to kill, destroy, steal everything. He's the one that's come to kill, bring condemnation. But God, the God that I serve, the Jesus I serve, he wants to put your life back together. He wants to make something beautiful out of your life. The Bible says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He doesn't just want you to have life. He just doesn't want to give you life. He wants to give you life more abundantly. He wants you to thrive in this. He wants you to thrive in this. And the real good news here today is that your failures, hear me, your failures are not final. I pray that before you walk out this place, that if you've walked in with your head hunched low and your head low with regrets and failures, I pray and hope that when you walk out, you will lift up your head and know where your help comes from. You will probably sway your shoulders and know that God is fighting for you, that God is with you and for you, that you can keep on trying. You see, when we look at this Bible, this Bible is a wonderful book. It's a wonderful book. The Bible is a wonderful book filled with stories of great men and great women who have impacted the world. They have made a difference. And the Bible clearly tells their story. And, and who did mighty things. These men and women did mighty things for the kingdom of God. And you probably have read their stories yourself. And there's probably some favorite Bible characters that you have in your life as well. But it's amazing about the Bible. We have, see, the tendency to remember the most glorious moments of these folks' lives. But the Bible does not try to whitewash or hide the things about them that were less glorious. <laughs> That's the amazing thing about the Bible. We like to focus on the glorious things. And we like to just imitate the great things. But the Bible does not hide the less things in their life. Take Moses, for example, or Jacob, or David. When you or we read certain details of these men, literally we are shocked that we are talking about someone like Moses or someone like Jacob and David. And sometimes, uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes we are embarrassed for them and we wonder... <laughs> I have wondered, wonder how on earth God could use such a person. <laughs> how could God use such a man or a woman? But God used them. 
And God did not just use them, he used them mightily for his work and his kingdom. He used them mightily. The fact is that these men and women, they rose above their failures and allowed God to restore them and they never gave up on God. They never gave up on living for God, believing in God and God restored them and they became men and women of the spirit and they did mighty acts in, in for God's kingdom. Hear me somebody, saints of God, hear me. We need, hear me somebody, we need to rise above our failures and become men and women of God and become young people of God that we walk in the spirit because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God has a plan. Hear me. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Can somebody say amen? There is not one person here. There is not one person here that God hasn't got a plan for you. God has a plan for your life he has a purpose for your life and you have that plan and that purpose and God wants to fulfill that plan and that purpose and if you feel like the enemy's stolen things out of your life if he's stolen your joy if he's stolen your peace if he's stolen the, 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 the peace of mind and the love that you first felt if he's stolen those things and you're feeling low and defeated I'm here to tell you believe God believe God there's a song that, that the songwriter wrote he says I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. If he's stolen your joy, you can get your joy back. If he's stolen your peace, you can get your peace back. There is no failure. There there is no failure that is so big that my God cannot forgive. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done yesterday. If you come to him and confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you here today. He's willing to restore your life. He's willing to use you. He's willing to give you a plan for your life. If you believe that, would you stand to your feet and would you clap your hands? Because my God is bringing peace. He's bringing peace back. He's bringing joy back. If you've got a son, your daughter, your, your wife, your family, he wants to restore everything back. There is nothing gone that too far. His love, his love is so high, we cannot go over it. It's so low that we cannot get under it. He's the one that is the mighty God that wants to restore. Thank you for staying. You may be seated. You see, you, you have to realize today that your failures are not necessarily final. And I'm going to prove you. Let's look at Moses for a little bit, okay? Let's look at the life of Moses. Would you look at his life and consider him as a failure? Very unlikely. Very unlikely. This is the guy that even Pharaoh was afraid of. 
This is the guy that he raised his rod and sent shockwaves to the nation. This is the guy when was, was the one that raised that same rod to part the Red Sea. He was the one that delivered the children of Israel, about three to 6,000 million people from slavery. This is the man that the children of Israel came to receive counsel and judgment. This is the guy that, that we see, the patriarch, the, the great man Moses. He called water out of the rock. And we have a hard time thinking of Moses, thinking of Moses as a failure. But if you go beyond these moments of glory and into his past, we see this same Moses. We see one failure after another and one failure after another. You see, this is the man that launched his ministry by the way of murder. How would you like to be known as launching your ministry by the way of murder? But this is the guy that launched his ministry by the way of murder. The call of God was delayed in his life 40 years because of him and running from the call of God. He was herding sheep in the desert. He was a man filled with fear and doubt. And when God spoke to him, he gave excuses. I tell you what, when you read his excuses, it was pathetic. Just excuses after excuses. He's the guy that made God mad. And, and his wife had to step in to save him. And this is the guy that murmured long before the children of Israel ever murmured. He complained and he whined. He smote the rock rather than speaking to it. And it cost him forever to, be, to not enter into the promised land. God did not allow him to enter into the promised land. It was a failure after failure after after failure after failure but in spite of all his failures the word of God declares in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 5 the Bible says the Moses was faithful as a servant Moses God said was faithful as a servant he is known not known for his failure no 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 my friend he's known for his faithfulness and God is here for somebody today that feels like a failure. I'm telling you, you've got to get out of your corner and realize that God wants to bring you out, that God wants to do something in your life. The truth is that your failures don't have to be final. Your failures don't have to define who you are right now. Your failures don't have to define the stage of life that you're at right now. If you will give it to God, if you will just step, take that one step towards God and say, God, here I am. I made a mess about my life I made a mess of all of this would you help me and when you do that God will come to your rescue we can become men and women of God and become victorious you know what this city needs you this city needs to see you and see the God that is in you. If Moses was not enough, let's look at Jacob. Jacob, he's known as a patriarch, isn't he? 
he's one of the fathers the, the forefathers we call we say God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob man God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob Jacob when we think of him he was a mighty warrior this man wrestled with God and prevailed. This, man, this man's failure, though, were many, and the Bible does not try to hide a single one. The Bible shows us that he tricked his father for a blessing. He tricked his brother and robbed his blessing. He married Lear and was madly in love with Rachel. He was a man that uh, was fail the failure in his house, and he just was a failure after failure. But God still is, is for him, and he said, we, we we know him as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's look at David. We, we want to go a little bit further. We all love David. We admire David. We love his bravery. And in Psalms chapter 1, he's the one who said that he did not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, that he did not sit in the seat of the scornful, that he meditated on the law of the Lord day and night. He was a great musician. His music even chased demons away in the king's life. He he was amazing. He was a writer of, of most of the Psalms and he led the army of Israel from victory to victory. As a young man, he slew giants, uh, lifting up their heads, uh, and he was victorious uh, one after another. Uh, in the New Testament, uh, we speak of Jesus uh, as the son of David. Man, we love David. When we think of David, do we ever think of him as a failure? No, we don't. But this man, this man, but this is the man that sent his army to fight while he enjoyed at the rooftop of his house. He's the man that went for his neighbor's wife. And the prophet rebuked him and he, that he despised the commandments of God. But you see, my friend, yet, 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 yet. He's the one that plotted. His, his failure was just incredible because it was well thought of. It was well propagated. It, he, he, it was not just a, a mistake. He planned all of these things and executed it to the T so that his sins will be hidden to, from everyone else. And yet the Bible calls him what? A man after God's own heart. <laughs> really? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is going on here? What is going on? Saints of God, my friends, if you are someone that feels defeated, I pray that someone here is feeling a little hope for your own situation here today. If God could reach for men and women 
like these and God could forgive them and work with their lives God can do this for you for your own life's history I pray that you are feeling hope in spite of the things that you have said or thought or done because sometimes in our walk with God the devil has brought horrible condemnation upon us and the Bible says hear me today there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus to them that are in Christ Jesus that walk not after the flesh but after the spirit hear me somebody my God does not bring condemnation he's not a God that is here to bring condemnation he'll bring conviction he'll bring conviction he wants you to be convicted of the things that you're doing so that you can repent and make it right but he's not here to condemn you the devil is the one that's condemning you the world wants to condemn you but my God is reaching an arm of love and mercy and grace here today and saying I want you to be picked up from your mess and I want to make something out of your life here today I want you to live victoriously I want you to find victory in the way that you walk and he's here walking the aisles and then those tears that you're feeling coming down your cheeks it's the love of God it's the mercy of God it's the goodness of God the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leadeth us to repentance and if you're feeling him today that's a good thing my friend that's a very good thing because you know that God's working in your life in your life you see the flesh might have got you down a time or two but it is it is time we stand on our feet and we that we stand and declare that our failures are not final that what happened yesterday I can get up again and I need to get up again up again you see these men learned to overcome their failures and that is the key here today that is the key here today it is not about just climbing the ladder and getting somewhere it is each day one step at a time you see this is a walk this is a walk and we put just one step at a time sometimes we might go backwards and sometimes we might come forward but it is a walk and we walk in faith it is not if you failed or not there is no question about that we all have failed God sometimes or another we all have but it's about getting up it's about overcoming and living for God I told you, I believe yesterday, a little bit about my brother and I. At 13 years of age, both my brother and I were healed miraculously of our sickness. And my brother too, both of us at the same time received our healing and, and he has never been sick again. But that, at that moment when I came into church and I, I ran after God and I began to love God and, and, and began to just, just give my life to him, my brother ran the other way. He ran towards the world. He went into drugs and alcohol and uh, womenizing and all of, the, all of that junk. He just went the other way. And I followed after God, but he did not. And, and that grieved me and my mother. And that we would pray that he would, uh, he would come and, and follow us and, and, and follow God. And, and he would not. And, and, and years went by. One year, two years, five years, ten years. 
15 years, 20 years, 22 years. In 2016, he came to visit us here in America. And I just began to evangelize and I was preaching at a church and he came to visit. And uh, he came to church and he came and I was, I was preaching this message. <laughs> and uh, as we finished, he stood up from his seat and he came to the altar. You see, he had received his physical healing but he had not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost or was baptized in the name of Jesus. And he came, walked down the altar, and he, he's, been a, he's had a hard life. He's had a rough life and lived a rough life. And he came and began to pray. Some men gathered around him, and they began to pray with my brother and he raised his hands. And for some reason, I decided not to go close to him. Just, I don't know, maybe just intimidated by relationships or whatever. And so I did not go near him, but I stood in a distance weeping and crying for my brother to, as he made his way. I had been waiting for so many years to see him walk down an altar of repentance and it took 22 years to see him come. And as these men were praying, tears began to stream down his face. And he began to repent of his sins. And he began to tell God how he could not live like this. And how he could not die like this. And as he was worshiping God, God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost as he began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave him the utterance. And it was so glorious to see him speak in other tongues. 22 years later that he had come and, and, and that service, I had the privilege to baptize my brother in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I waited to see this day that he would live and serve God. And his life is not perfect even today but he is making his way he is trying to live for God he is getting up on his feet and he is serving God and that's what it takes my friend it doesn't matter how far and how long that you've been away you feel like how many times you failed but if you today decide to get out of your seat and walk down this altar I'm telling you Jesus is waiting for you Jesus is waiting for you he is waiting for you he loves you and he cares for you. I will not accept my failures. I will not accept my failures. I will accept the responsibility for them. I will accept the consequences of it. But I will not let my failure define me. You cannot let your failure define you. But I refuse to accept the condemnation that the accuser of the brethren tries to throw at me or throw at you. The things need to be, those things need to come under the 
blood. It is under the blood. Somebody say, it is under the blood. It is under the blood. That's why the blood is so precious in this hour. When we get baptized, we apply that blood and we are under the blood. We are under the blood. Somebody hear me. We are under the blood and there is no condemnation for that. These men threw themselves at the feet of Jesus for his mercy and God brought mercy to them. Hear me, as long as Jesus lives, as long as Jesus lives, there is hope. As long as Jesus lives, there is hope. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if God is for us, who can be against us? You see, my purpose here today for exposing these men's sin was not to minimize their failure or to justify their failure, but it was to show that your failures are not final, that God is reaching for you. Some of you young people that, that are trying to live for God and you're saying, man, I, I've seen it, I, it's, it's hard, but I'm telling you, if you live for Jesus easy, it's very hard, but if you live for Jesus hard, it is very easy. It is time that you make up your mind because when you make up your mind there is no devil on earth that can change that there is nothing that can change that for the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God we've understood that but it's time that we understand that God is here to extend mercy and as I try to bring this to a close I want to go back to Peter I want to go back to Peter what happened to Peter what happened to Peter? You see, Jesus needed Peter that night the most. It was the lowest time. He was about to be crucified, and Peter walked away from him. And Jesus went to the cross. He was buried, and three days later, he came to life again. And the tomb doors were open. The tomb stones were rolled away. And these women were coming to put ointment on the body of Jesus. And the angel meets them and lets them know that Jesus is alive. And then Jesus meets them and he tells them to go and tell the angels tell them go and tell the disciples but it also goes on to say tell Peter tell Peter because Jesus understood that what Peter felt that night was failure of unproportionate measure the depth of loneliness, loneliness and, and, and brokenness that he was feeling. And he felt like, I've lost everything. I cannot do anything now. I've denied my Savior. And that's why Jesus wanted Peter to know that he was alive. And you see, my friend... When we deserve love the least, it is when we need the most. 
when we really feel like we're unlovable is when Jesus reaches his arm saying, you know what? I'm here for you. I love you. Do you feel him here today? You see, Jesus is here to love us. He's here to love us here today and show us that he is here for us. He promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And as we continue reading the story, as we read the book of Acts, the Bible describes 50 days after the resurrection on the day of Pentecost, while 120 were gathered in the upper room, they were waiting for the promise and they had prayed for 10 days and they had a 10-day prayer meeting and the Bible says, and suddenly the Holy Ghost came and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And on that day, we read of a man that had denied Jesus, that had sworn and cussed that he did not know Jesus. We see that man stand up on, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And we love quoting that verse of Scripture. We love preaching from it. And that message was preached by none other than the failure of all failures, the Apostle Peter. I'm here today to let you know that God is reaching for you and his love is here today to minister to you. I don't know what you walked in here with. I don't know what place you are in life, what happened yesterday, and what the enemy is telling you that you cannot live for God. He might be trying to convince you that you are the biggest loser and hypocrite sitting here today. But I can tell you, those are words from the pits of hell. Do not listen to those words. But hear that tug in your heart as you stand to your feet here today. Would you do that? Would you just stand to your feet?